You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today, Bishop Herbert Bailey continues with It's Bigger Than You. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not, look not. Don't look every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind think like this. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. He said because he became a servant and made himself of no reputation. He said it ain't about me. Jesus, Jesus would do things and say, don't, don't tell anybody who did this. Well, who is, don't, don't worry about who I am. Just be healed, go on about your business. That verse from New Living Translation, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Now, every time, when I even read that, that challenges me. I'm supposed to think of others better than myself? So there's something about that just don't feel right. Think of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. The message translates that verse says, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Today, he would say, don't sleep your way to the top. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Look at this. This is message translation. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. It amazes me. And I, I especially, I, 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 mean, I got to help y'all because we're diff, different generations. I especially see it among millennials. If it ain't something directly I see for me and how this in the short term is going to advance me and advance my career, I don't have no, no part of it. If you can't do it exactly the way I want to do it, then I ain't submitting to anybody else who's not going to do it the way I think it should be done. Which disqualifies you for leadership. Even out there. Because somewhere you're going to have to submit to somebody. And you have no right for somebody to submit to you if you won't submit to them. And you only need to submit to what you don't want to do. That's where the word submission comes into play. Because this is not your mission. It's somebody else's mission. And they are not carrying out the mission the way you think the mission should be performed. So you sub. So you sub. So you get under that mission. Okay? Our parents understood this. They didn't use the term submission and, and, and getting under the mission. They said stuff like this. In my house, you do what I say. When you get in your own house, you can do it the way you... They were preparing you for leadership. That's leadership principles right there. Forget about yourselves. I'm still in the message translation of Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Pastor Chandler said something. We're showing it on the loop in, our, in, in the pre-service. He said, he said a lot of us, he told me this, uh, we time our process. I'm going to give this two years. 
If I ain't promoted now, I'm out. Now, that may work in the corporate world, okay? And it don't, don't always work there either. But sometimes you don't know how long your process is going to be. Because sometimes the process is either slowed down or accelerated based upon your attitude in the process. Sometimes you are delaying your process because you got the wrong attitude in the process. I'll be glad when this is over. What person in the military is going to get promoted when he says, I just can't wait till they get out of here. I just can't wait. Why would they ever promote you? Our text from the book of Esther. The context is Book of Esther, also known in Hebrew as the scroll. It's a book in third section of the Hebrew writings of the Jewish Tanic. It's one of five scrolls in the Hebrew Bible that later became part of the Old Testament. And the book relates to the story of this Hebrew woman in Persia. She was born as Hadassah was her name. But she was known as Esther. She became queen of Persia, and her assignment is to thwart a genocide of a people. And before God could use Esther to stop one of the many Hebrew genocides or Hebrew genocide attempts throughout history, including the Holocaust against the Jewish people as reason as the 1940s in Germany, before God could use her to again stop an attempted genocide of his people, her uncle, some people say it was her cousin, Pam, you read it, her uncle Mordecai had to get her to overcome selfishness. Her uncle says, they're about to wipe all of us out. The, the, all of us can be extinct. The Jewish people can be extinct. And she said, I ain't been called. Y'all ain't catch that. I ain't been called. That's the first thing she says. I'm not been called. I got to park there for a moment. Because what, what keeps a lot of people from ever being able to walk in your calling is that you're not willing to do that for which you feel you have not been called. I don't know too many people have been called to, to very specifically this morning I'm sitting here and I'm, I go to wipe my glasses and, and do something she all day there she, she takes my trash and too many people have been called I'm called to take the bishop's trash I'm called to wash toilets I'm called to vacuum floors Y'all don't listen to me. A lot of times, you'll never walk in your calling until you will be willing to do that which for which, that you have not been called. But you're serving someone who has been called. They've been called, and my purpose is to help them do what they've been called to do. And as a result of that process, God one day will allow me to do what he's called me to do. And he'll use somebody to help me do what I'm called to do so that he one day can help them do what they're called to do. 
And if they do what they're called to do, then God will raise up somebody else to help them do what they're called. Y'all see how this thing works? Leadership starts with service. Selfish people never really admit it or confess their selfishness. Selfish people always attempt to justify or legitimize their actions. Her uncle tells her, Esther, there's been a decree out and they're getting, there's a plot out to kill all of the Jewish people. And you are the queen. You need to get in the king's ear and try to stop this. And her first thing she says is, I'm not called. Literally, you only came before the king when he sent for you. And if you just popped up to see the king and he didn't send for you, you would be killed. Except he put out his scepter, which means they can be spared. And her first thing she thinks about is self-preservation. The whole nation can be wiped out. And she's thinking of self-preservation. Thank God for our military and our veterans. Come on now. Who to be a good soldier, you can't just be thinking about yourself. She said, I'm not called. King hasn't sit for me in 30 days. So those who don't know, the story is, is that the king had a wife named Vasti. He had a feast one day. And he, um, on the last day of the feast, he said, send for my wife. Tell her to put a crown on and come out and, and let's, let everybody see what a fine wife I got. Show my wife. You know, I'm always amazed by these men. I don't mean to harm y'all. Y'all do you. Okay. I'm always amazed by men who like to show their wives' bodies off to other men. I mean, yeah. Wear that. It's real sexy. I, I want you to be as sexy as you can be in my house with me. This is something, it's for me in my house. It's me in my house. I know somebody, I, I mean, I had, I had a, I, I remember I knew somebody, he used to do some work for us, and we used to see, and, and every time he, we would go by his shop, every time his wife had shorts up with the, with a, with a, with a cheek, I got to say little cheeks, but I, I didn't even notice what size it was, but, <laughs> with her cheeks <laughs> hanging out. And then, uh, and then she, be, you know, and all her cleavage showing and all that. I'm like, well, why is she up here in the shop like this? But I, I later found out, and I can't remember the comment, some kind of way he liked that. He liked showing off his wife to, to other, other people. Some, some people into that. I guess King Ahasuerus was into that. He said, right, come, go and show everybody. Show, show, show yourself off. To, and Vassar said, I ain't doing that. Maybe she got saved after they got married. <laughs> Start coming to women's Bible study. See, my body temple of the Holy Ghost. I ain't, I ain't showing my body off to everybody. And, and, the, and the people around the king said, King, don't you let this go down like this. Your wife disregarded you, disobeyed you. He said, listen, divorce her, put her away, and let everybody know, because all the men got concerned. 
Seriously, you got to read the Bible. They said, listen, this go down like this? If the queen can disobey the king, you know my wife ain't going to listen to me. <laughs> really, that's the story. They said, so you got to stop this, make a decree that nobody can just disregard their husband. And so that's what he did. And then they said, well, we're going we're gonna to look for a, a new wife for the king. And so they got all the women of the empire to come and parade themselves and prepare to be chosen. It literally was a beauty contest. I was thinking about something in light of some recent events. Some of you heard about it. Um, you know, when you're in do pageants and beauty contests, your estimation of yourself is based upon what other people think about you. You got to speak good enough for them. You have to look good enough for them. The, sweet, the swimsuit got to look good enough for the judges to choose you. Your talent got to be enough for them to choose you. It, you can't go through your life thinking you're in a pageant. Waiting for somebody else to choose you and tell you you look good and you are good. You have what it takes, that you're talented, that you're anointed. You'll always be consumed with what somebody else is thinking about you if you don't have a healthy self-esteem. So there's a beauty contest. Esther is chosen to be the queen. They don't know she's a Jew. But now this plot comes forward. Mordecai had stopped another plot against the king and then the king had appointed this man who wanted Mordecai to bow to him and Mordecai found, would not bow because he, again we know that God's people are not bowing down to man and so, so now there's a plot against him not only against him but all his people and so he gets to his niece and says listen there's a plot to kill me and all of our people you need to go to the king and try to stop this and, and tell him who I am and what I've done because the king didn't know that he had spared his life before. And her first, he says, I'm not called. Self-preservation. Secondly, she says, I might be killed. And can I tell you, there are some things that God may cause, call you to do that it looks like this is not going to work out for your good. It looked like there's nothing to be gained in this. And the first thing Mordecai, Mordecai had to get, he said, listen, now, let, let, me, let me tell you something, little girl. Let me tell you something, little girl. First thing he says, you're not that special. you got an exaggerated opinion of your own importance. Oh, you think because you, you, you passing? Don't y'all get me, don't get me. Oh, you passing as a Persian. And so you think because you in the king's palace and you passing and they don't know that you really a Jew, that you go, oh, oh let's see, let me tell you, it will eventually get out you a Jew too. Principal I learned years ago from Dr. Dollar, what you compromise to keep, you eventually lose. Let me say it again. What you compromise to keep, you eventually lose. You're just prolonging the inevitable. 
You tolerate things and, 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 and go get your convictions and, and try to kiss up the people and, and go get your own moral code just to hold on to somebody, hold on to something, blend in. And then, and then a year, two years down, down the line, everything you were working for, it happens anyway. You were just prolonging the inevitable. What you compromise to keep, you lose. First he says to her, you ain't that special, Esther. That's bigger than you. You ain't that special. He says, think not thou shall escape by not serving your people. You think you're going to escape? You think some kind of way it, it can happen to anybody else but it won't happen to you? You're not that special, Esther. This is bigger than you. That scripture again from Romans 12 and 3, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly, you're not that special. Elisha had to be reminded of that. After when, when uh, Jezebel, he just got finished, the, the, the battle at Mount Carmel, where God answered by fire, eats up the sacrifice with the fire, consumes the water with the fire, and then Jezebel said, the last, I'm a that Jewish prophet, last thing I do, I'm going to kill him. And he goes running for his life. That's where we got the song from. I'm running for my life. I'm running for my life. <laughs> had to be reminded of 1 Kings 19, 14. And he's, he's hiding. And God said, what you doing here? He said, well, I'm just trying to spare my life. 1 Kings 19 and 14, he's being selfish, justifies it. And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. Lord, it's about you, Jesus. Because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They've thrown down your altars and they've slain the prophets with the sword. And he, he should have kept on saying, and I don't want to be the next one. He said, and I, even I only, am left. And now they seek my life to take. I'm the only one you got, Lord. I'm the only one serving you. I'm the only one that's right. God says in verse 18, boy, please. I have left me 7,000 in Israel. You ain't that special. I got 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. You ain't the only one. You're not that special. It's bigger than you. So it's Mordecai had to let Esther know. Secondly, Mordecai also had to remind Esther that she wouldn't stop the show. But it was a privilege for her to have a part in the show. Let me say it again. Now, let me tell you something, baby girl. You ain't going to stop the show. But it's a blessing that God put you in a position to have a prominent part in the show. But you ain't going to stop the show. See, because you need to understand something. He, he, he said, if you don't do it, God will use somebody else. Oh, come on now. If you don't 
do it and let God use you because he put you in this position of proximity and put you in this position of influence, God will remove you and he will use somebody else. If you don't do it, God will use somebody else. He said, but you're still going to lose out because what you compromise to keep, you lose. Whenever we're asked by God to do anything, y'all, that may inconvenience us for the sake of the kingdom, or for others, you got to know God has a reward in mind for us. Say, God has a reward in mind for me. The Bible says he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. Luke 18, 29 and 30. The context is this rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Lord, what do I have to do? Have eternal life. He said, well, you know, you know the commandments. You know, I'm God, don't have no other God before me. He said, I'm not steal, don't kill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I already know that. Jesus kind of takes a deep breath. All right, I got to go there. I got to go there. What you need to do in your situation, you have an inappropriate relationship with stuff. I know you know the commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me, but you ain't stopped long enough to not think about that through your religious mind, to think about what is it that's become a god in your life that's before me. In your case, it's your riches and all your stuff. He said, what you need to do to have the God kind of life, to really enter into the God kind of life and live the way God wants you to live, he said, liquidate. Sell all your stuff, your assets, which means he had to, had to be worth more than he owed on it, right? Sell your assets, get the, sow into the ministry, give to the poor, because Jesus had ministry to the poor, and give it to the poor. Then you have eternal life. He said, please, I ain't doing that. And he goes away very softly. The King James translates it and says, for he had many riches. Dr. Frederick K.C. Price used to say a better translation would be many riches had him. He goes away and Jesus, before Jesus could tell him what would happen if he did this, what would happen if he inconvenienced himself? What would happen if he used what he had to bless somebody else? What would happen if he sold into the kingdom? Before Jesus could give him the promise, he left mad. So now Jesus tells his disciples what he wanted the rich young ruler to hear. So the man's gone now. He turns around and says, he said, if he would have stayed and listened, I, I could have told him what's going to happen. Verse 18, Luke 18, verse 29. And he said, verily I say unto you that there is no man that has left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom's sake, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more. One of the other, kind, one of the other gospels say a hundredfold more. Shall not receive manifold more. I love it, I love it, I love it. In this present time, for all the prosperity haters, for all the people say God ain't concerned about how you live here and what you have now, he just wants you to go to heaven because when we go to heaven, we're going to have everything. Jesus made it clear, God will bless you, you'll receive manifold more in this present time, and then he talks about heaven. And in the world to come, life everlasting. 
God said, if you would be willing to invest your life, sacrifice for somebody else, give your life to somebody else, serve somebody else, use your money to bless somebody else, use your money to do things in the kingdom of God, what you look like you lost, I'm letting you know I'm going to give you so much more in this life and then you still get to go to heaven too. Whenever God asks her to do something, there's reward in mind. There's a reward in mind for Esther. Hebrews 6 and 10 reminds us, God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Seem like they don't don't even remember how much money I gave this church. God, I may forget. I got a finite mind. I forget things. But God does not forget. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor. He said it would be unrighteous. It would be wrong. It would be gone against his own nature for you to do anything for him and the kingdom of God and God forgets. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed toward his name, past tense. In that you have ministered to the saints, past tense. And do minister, present tense. You have ministered and do minister. Well, we had people pre-pandemic, pre-COVID who used to minister. But they no longer do minister. Which makes me think, what are you doing? Who was it for? Was it just pressure? Was it because we had big crowds? Was it because you saw an imminent promotion? Or was it as unto the Lord? Because the Lord still reigns. <laughs> He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's a perpetual God and he's good all the time and he's faithful all the time. But you used to minister. You can't minister there, minister here. You can't do this, do that. Somebody said, I hope he'll bring bring that collar next Sunday. That verse from the New Living Translation, Hebrews 6 and 10 said, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for others, and you still do. During the pandemic, it's been easy to become complacent with our lives as long as we're getting what we need or desire. But God never desired us to be self-centered Christians. In this powerful message, Bishop Herbert Bailey reminds us that it's bigger than you when it comes to God's purpose in our lives and the purpose of our salvation. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at rdci.info via the store tab. Just ask for It's Bigger Than You. Stay connected with us online and in person. Stream our services live on YouTube, Facebook, or on rdci.info via the Watch Live tab on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Wednesdays, stream our Bible study at 12 noon and 7 p.m. On Fridays, Women's Bible Study airs at 12 p.m. If you're in our local area, join us for services in Columbia, South Carolina at 3506 Broad River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, Florence, or Fort Mill areas, join us for live services there. To find out more about individual campus service times and locations, visit our website at rdci.info.